Lego. Lego. Hey everybody, welcome back to Back to Brick. I'm your host, Garrett, and this is the podcast where we get to talk to AFOLs from around the world and get a behind-the-scenes look of their designs and their process. We also get to talk about the breaking news every Friday so you can catch up on all the LEGO news you may have missed over the past week. This week, we have an awesome designer interview. This is a, a designer that I think really likes cars, uh, but we're going to definitely talk about that. Isaac, and he goes by Isaac Bricks on Instagram, but it's a one instead of an I, which we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, hey, Isaac, thank you for coming on today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Garrett. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. Hey, no, thank you for coming on. I, I'm, pre- I'm doing pretty good. Uh, <laughs> winding <laughs> down on a Friday, uh, maybe have a little glass of wine and just hang out. For sure. I appreciate you coming on, and I can't wait to talk to you. I always started off, of course, of just having our our guests introduce themselves. Tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, and what you like to build. Hey, I'm Isaac. I'm from the United States. I like to build cars, but lately I've kind of been getting into building like vignettes for those cars. So, kind of doing stuff like that, trying to expand my my skills. I guess you could say. <laughs> and I mean, that's exactly what Lego is all about. We expand our skills, kind of learn from not only everybody else, but our, ourselves pretty much and coming up with these cool and unique designs. Definitely. Yeah. I always started off with asking my designers what their sig fig would look like. So it can be anything you want, can have any tools. It doesn't have to be realistic. What would kind of embody you? Oh, gosh. Okay. I think I'd start with dark blue for jeans, uh, for the legs. And then I really like the hidden side hoodie torso because I wear a lot of hoodies uh, and sweaters. Um, and I guess just a head and hair that looks like me. Maybe a spoon too, because I really like to eat. I know that sounds kind of basic, but it's true. <laughs> I mean, I like to eat. I'm a foodie. Yeah, so yeah. I like to eat all <laughs> kinds of different food. And I think you're like the third or fourth designer that has said they like the hidden side hoodie part, which I always also call back to Wild Style from the Lego movie because she, I think, was the first one to have that. Yeah, yeah. If I remember correctly, that sounds totally right. Yeah. I like it. It's a nice part because it does add an extra little bit of detail instead of just like, oh, a shirt or a sweater, but there's no depth to it. I really like the uh, the hat and the hood uh, accessory, too, that comes with the hidden side sweater. So I'd probably wear that as well. <laughs> Yeah, change it up a little bit. For sure. That's cool. And the spoon is a nice touch. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Let's talk about Lego. When do you think you got your first set and started building Lego? So I think I started building Lego before my first set, if that makes sense. So for the first set uh, that I can remember, it was a, a Lego sports soccer set. It was a, a team van or a bus that came with I a bunch of in my head where you used yeah. to slide the figures out of the back. Yeah, exactly that. And then it came with like a little Lego branded mini soccer ball, which I had for a very long time. Let's see. But my dad actually bought a bunch of stuff in the 90s before I was born. So I kind of grew up with a, a collection of adventures, time cruisers, stuff like that before I got my first set. So it was kind of a mishmash, mishmash, you know, of different stuff. Before that, I probably started with the Duplo, I, w- I want to say. Yeah, I don't know if I ever did Duplo. I feel like I did, but I don't have any. The Adventures, I always loved the Adventures. And it's cool that your dad had a collection to kind of let you start playing with, too. Did you have yeah. any figures that you liked to play with? Oh, the Adventures, for sure. 
um oh what was the desert theme it was oh, this, uh, like hidden pharaoh or whatever it is the uh yeah that's he had a bunch of those he didn't have any of the jungle sets or anything uh from the other kind of sub lines but he had he had all the desert sets uh so i had a ton of fun playing with those uh yeah yeah those i think most of the sets i had were from that the pharaoh sets and pharaoh's quest right uh yes yeah that was it and uh, i don't think i had many jungle uh i think that was after that but also just it's fun i had the dino one the dinosaur one i think i had most of those oh Um, no way those are so cool yeah and i always enjoyed you know getting to change it up and have different designs but uh johnny johnny thunder is always uh, such a cool character definitely man he's probably one of my favorite minifigs in that uh there's a cmf that came out i don't remember which series it was but it seemed to be a callback to johnny thunder and the adventures line it was the uh cmf jungle explorer he came with a little green chameleon probably one of my favorite figures of all time to be honest super yeah i remember that i just i don't think i got it and i don't I mean, it's always hard because you're like, how many do I choose? And then I have to search for them. And that's the one I think I've, I missed out on for sure, because it did do that callback to Johnny Thunder. Oh man. Well, I hope you can grab one if you're, if you're ever on the market for one. Sometimes those CMFs are super kind of, kind of super hard to find after the fact. fact, Because everyone's like, oh, now it's $30 for one. And I'm like, well, it was $3 before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You got you got to start building with your dad sets, and then you evolved into your own. When do you think you started building your own creations instead of from the sets? Um, probably around the same time, if I remember. I'm not sure what year that sports set came out, but I found I was looking through some photo albums, oh, like a few months ago, and I found a picture of one uh, of my car builds. Probably my first one. It was dated like April twenty, April two thousand. Uh, when I was four, I'm 24 now. So probably around that time, honestly, three or four is when I started building my, my own stuff. That's cool. Yeah. I I love looking through old photos and seeing like, Oh, I, I did make that when I was really young. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've been actually, my dad discovered brick shelf. I don't know if you're familiar with brick shelf, but it was, Uh um, I think they're still up now. Yeah. Um, mock sharing website for those who are not familiar um i think it's still up now he started sharing his stuff there in the early 2000s and that's when we discovered mock pages after that because it was, had a better user interface uh had uh, a lot more people using it so i've been sharing my stuff online for a while so i can look back i mean mock pages is kind of dead in the water now unfortunately but uh, i can always look back and see you know what i was doing at a certain time because we are just so used to photographing our stuff and uh yeah i see you've like moved into Flickr, which has become like the hub for big designers because you can put as many photos and like no resolution quality or size like instagram limits and i definitely used uh mock pages before i still look occasionally because that was always like where i'd go to to do little builds i know i did like in college i would go back and look at those too yeah yeah and I think their servers, sadly, they shut down really recently, man. It, it was rough because I used to look, but it's okay. Uh, you know, I still have archives on my parents' computers. So if I really <laughs> wanted to, if I really wanted to see, then no big deal. But it's just kind of kind of sad that Mock Pages lived its life and then 
it eventually i guess had to die but it sucks i guess <laughs> yeah i definitely had that um i have files on my computer just full of lego pictures and techniques and things right. that i can right. kind of reference back to for sure so when did you start building cars like what made you interested in designing and building cars i don't know i guess i'm just a car guy but I don't know how to work on cars, if that makes sense. Like, I can change <laughs> oil. I can do a bunch of basic stuff. I can get my tires rotated. I can <laughs> change any fluid. But I can't work on them, if that makes sense. I'm a car guy, but I don't know how to work on cars, I guess. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it's just been something, like, nobody in my family is, like, a mechanic or anything. So I don't know how I grew up like that like in cars, but I don't mind it, obviously. Um, we're just casual fans, I guess you could say. You know, I get my brothers buy the speed taming sets that are coming out now. My dad is a car guy, too. So anything that he enjoys, he'll pick up. Like, him and I are actually building the Ghostbusters Ecto-1 right now. We're casual, super casual Ghostbusters fans. And uh, even me being a car person, you know, I don't buy that many car sets, actually, mm -hmm. surprisingly. Uh, but that's one that uh, that I'm really I've been really excited to build lately because Mike Psyche, who designs all the creator cars, is one of my favorite designers. So it's great to have some of his work in my hands. Oh yeah, I just watched the video today of his Type Two VW bus, the camper section, and I didn't know he owned one. He's like he he owns a Type Two. He's owned owned it for 12 years, and it was cool because you got to see the inside that he did. Like it's not standard. He redid it. I, I always no thought way. that was cool. Yeah, that is insane. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen that yet. I'll have to check that out later today. Yeah, it was like a four or five minute video and just really cool. I, I do love all the car sets. I don't think I have them all, but uh, like I don't have the Mustang and I'm not sure if I will get the Mustang, but like I'm a big VW fan. Uh, the Fiat looks cool. I'm interested to see what they're, why and how they're changing this color. Um, yeah, because, yeah. Yeah. They're also changing the color of, oh, it's a dinosaur set too. So I'm kind of like, huh, mm -hmm. I, wonder, I wonder if either the first one wasn't doing too well. That's what I, uh, just rumors, you know, there's no way to really know. Uh, but that's just something I heard is maybe it wasn't doing too well and they're trying to change the color or they're just interested in saying if people like this new color. I'm not sure. I don't know. Speculation. Yeah, it's, uh, there's speculation that it's also just going to be limited edition because it's got a, a different number system. Oh, but... right. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, and that's that's what's fun. Uh, I always like to dive into those to uh, just guess and understand like, ooh, maybe this is it. Ooh, or maybe that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I assume you're going to grab that T1 or T2, am I correct? Considering oh, yeah. Big... My wife and I actually are have a fund that we put money into each month to buy an actual T2 and redo it. Oh, no way. That's so cool, man. I yeah. wish you the best of luck. Yeah. Me That's too. So we cool. have one right down the street and the guy, it, like, I guess he lives in a different country and he just has that one and he has one where he, where he's at, but he won't sell it. And I'm like, just, it's been sitting in your driveway for a year. Just let me have it. Please, <laughs> we'll use you know, it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Are you guys going to go on a road trip, uh, planning like a, a road trip around the United oh, States? Oh yeah. We don't, cool. I mean, we don't have any like solid plans yet. Yeah. 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 One take our dog and have a good time. That sounds like a plan, man. That sounds so yeah. cool. Very cool. And I see that you also like the VW bus. Yes. <laughs> what, what got you into, you know, building those? I don't know, actually. So my 
VW, I'm working on a T1 right now. I built a T2 a few months ago for Pride Month for the Rainbow Build Challenge over on Instagram. And that was super fun. Uh, but my T1 I've been working on for, oh gosh, I started that in May, I want to say, of 2019. And it's been super on and off ever since then because <laughs> the front is just ridiculously hard to get right. And I ever since I started it, I kind of, well, I told myself that uh, I'd work on it until it was completely finished and the front was absolutely perfect and it's still not quite there yet. I posted on Flickr a different version that I've been working on that I approached. I actually approached Simon Liu, backtracking a little bit, the uh, original one that I'm working on. Is a uh, Westfalia, which was a company that I don't know if VW contracted them. I'm not really sure if they contracted them to make campers. Uh, so if you could imagine the 10220 set Volkswagen T1 set in miniature form, that's what I'm trying to do. And then 11 months ago, I actually approached Simon Liu because I wanted to do one with patina that was a little bit deteriorated, that wasn't you know perfect. And he was huge, huge, huge in helping me figure out how I wanted to do the color and everything. But I've just, I've been a super casual Volkswagen fan uh, even before then. But after looking more into uh, doing more research on, on Volkswagen, uh, at least the T1 or the company in general, you know, I really, really enjoy the community. As, you know, somebody who's in the community would probably say it's not just like a brand name, it's more of a lifestyle, if that makes sense. It seems like a VW guy is just one you want to go to to a bar with or, you know, just have a beer with and, and talk to them about Volkswagen and how it's affected them, you know? I like the Westphalia as well. I think they were a contracted company and they they would do all different add-ons to VWs so that you could change it up, have different color um, tops and all, all those things. And that's what we're interested in getting. And I think that they did a great job with this new T2 that kind of embodied it. There were some details that, you know, they I think they could have done better, but I mean, that's every Lego model, and I'm pretty sure you, f you would feel the same way about your own. I mean, I know I do. It's it's always a constant, oh, I could fix this. Oh, uh, maybe I should do that. <laughs> yeah, and that's what having a Lego collection is kind of about, you know, sometimes is, you know, making sets how you want them. If they're not perfect to you, then, and if you like it enough to buy it, and if you want to change a little bit of it, go right ahead, you know? Exactly. And like you said, you're still working on your, t er, your Type 1, because you just don't feel like you've got it right just yet. Yeah, definitely. And I posted work in progress photos because it's been going for so darn long that I just feel the need to, to post updates for people that have probably been waiting for it for so long. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really excited uh, to finish it. I guess I'll tease it a little bit here. So the uh, the patina version is actually going back to the Simon Liu thing. It's we're doing a collab, actually, a patina collab, because I approached him, like I said, about how to do coloring. And he was really interested because he didn't know the word patina. He wasn't quite sure what that was. So he looked into it and he built his own patina truck. And I think he's going to post that here on Instagram soon. Uh, and we're going to post on the same day. Uh, so that'll be fun. Unless this is out, you know, then check it out if it's already up. But uh, yeah, so that's really exciting. Yeah, that is. And I always like the patina. It adds an extra detail to cars. And a lot of people are like, oh, just repaint it. I'm like, well, this shows some history and it, it just looks nice, I think. Yeah. And after doing more, looking more into like the Volkswagen community, a lot of people like the patina, you know? So I kind of wanted to, I wanted to embody, embody that a little bit in this particular model. You know, one that, like mm -hmm. I said, no, it's not perfect ship shape, you know, not like it rolled off the factory floor, if that makes sense. And that adds to that own, your own quality or your own style of 
hey, this is the car I like. And no matter what it looks like, I, I enjoy it. And I see that in some of your other builds as well. Like uh, you have your Winnebago, which, you know, has the classic <laughs> like 70s stripe to it. Yeah. Uh, and you've even designed a little, what'd you say, scene to go with it? Yeah. So that was actually part of a Tricky Bricks uh, collaboration for Bricks by the Bay this year, uh, a few months ago. And Tricky Bricks, if you didn't know, is Richard Flynn from Lego Masters Season 1. They've grown such a great community uh, over the last year and a half or so that they've been doing their live streams. They do a lot of live streams on YouTube. They do build challenges. Uh, they do such a they do a lot of good stuff. I'm not as tight-knit as everybody else in the community, in their community, because uh, I don't have time to uh, like watch their live streams when they're streaming. But I, I participate in some of their build challenges. And like I said, sometimes I do their collaborations. And this one was a, a camping collaboration for, uh, like I said, Bricks by the Bay this year. So that was really fun to do. That is cool. And did you did you get to display it anywhere, or is it just other than your photos? Uh, it's just the photos. Uh, it was virtual, understandably. So, uh, which is nice oh, because oh, it's hard right, for then, me to. Yeah. It's hard to take off work, and you know, I'm sure other people can relate to that too. It's hard to take off work, and travel is expensive, and and whatnot. So I have to once you know shows are more common, obviously they're kind of getting common now, which is nice. Once shows are more common, I'll have to pick and choose which one I want to go to, which whichever one's closer, you know, whichever one isn't too small, but not too large. I guess it's hard to choose because a lot of them are pretty large and popular, which is cool. I just went to one this past weekend and had a blast. But yeah, I wore my mask most of the time because even though like, you know, we're vaccinated, try to remain safe because yeah, it's still a big crowd of people. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. I actually attended one recently, a local convention a few weeks ago. So that was very cool. It was a small convention, but it was it was really cool to, to meet some local builders. And somebody came over from Seattle who I'd seen his stuff online and I was able to meet him in person. So it was really cool and kind of weird to see the, the the build on the table and say, oh, you know, I've seen that before. And then I met the the guy who built it and saw some of his other work, which was very cool. And I met some other local builders. It's always fun. I actually met some of the other podcast guests that I've had on and never met before. Um, so that was cool. Yeah, and definitely grab some other people so I could uh, interview them later on, which is fun. Yeah, yeah. Another one of your builds that has kind of blown up, at least from what I've seen on your Instagram, is the F-Type Cruiser. And now you've had a few uh, iterations of it. What's drawn you to that car? I don't know. Sometimes my inspiration just kind of comes randomly into my head or from a book, uh, something like that. I don't know. I have an affinity for old SUVs, it seems like, as you could probably see on my Instagram or on my Flickr. <laughs> um, I've been doing a lot of those recently, as opposed to like hot rods, which I also love hot rods. Um, but... I don't know. I, I just thought it was interesting to see, uh, because if you didn't know, uh, the FJ40 was actually a Jeep competitor, of course, you know, it being a, a four-wheel drive SUV, a very short wheelbase one, too, at that. But nothing in particular really drew it to me, except for the history and the fact that, I guess, it's it was a Jeep competitor, so I thought that was interesting. And it was the only Jeep competitor, and it's probably, and it's still used today. It's actually, I want to say, Toyota's longest namesake. Uh, obviously, it's not a short wheelbase SUV like it is, like it was back then. But uh, yeah, the I think the Bronco was the other one that they've said is, was the Jeep competitor, and they're bringing it back for the same reason. They want to compete against Jeep and making it modified and being able to use it 
uh, with like different kits. Yeah, and no, that's totally understandable, you know. <laughs> what do you think of the new FJs? Do you like those or do you just like the classics more so? Yeah, I like the new I like the new uh, Land Cruisers. Yeah. Way too expensive and out of my price range, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eventually they'll come down. I've seen a couple of the old ones and they're cool. Uh, you'd have to really like redo the whole suspension for sure to get it to work. I've always been a big fan of the Land Rover Discoveries. Uh, which is pretty much the same similar body style, the two-door, the old-school way, and very British. <laughs> but yeah, totally. Still very cool. Yeah, I'm a really big fan of those as well. That's actually on my list too, of course, you know, another SUV. We, we all have very long lists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. That would be a super cool car to see you do, especially in this scale. Now, with the scale, do you always try to hit it as a minifigure scale? Uh, not really. So for example, the T1 that I'm working on is a little bit larger than minifig scale. It's seven wide. I mean, the city cars are, excuse me, speed champion cars are eight wide, but that's larger than minifig scale. I tried, I'd say that I keep it around the same stud width rather than scale. And that kind of puts everything all over the place. If I looked at, if I took a look at my FJ and my T1 right next to each other, they're about the same height, uh, which... (laughs) Probably not super realistic. The, the wheels are the same size. <laughs> the FJ yeah. is almost as long as the T1. Just had to have those as an example. And the Winnebago, I would say, is a little bit larger than fig scale. It's it's kind of a shrunken down version of the real thing. I believe the real thing is like, oh, 25 feet or so. Uh, and that's kind of a shortened version of it, but shortened in a way that I felt like it would look more real, look still look realistic, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think having that standard scale does help because it dictates like how you'll go about, you know, starting the design. Because if you like had uh, eight wide and then another one that's ten wide, like you're you're getting out of your scope and you have to either scale up or scale down. It, it could be all over the place. It totally can. And I like years ago, I I used to only build like four wide cars because I was scared to to go up and. I think I'm I've already started an eight wide car, which I've never done before, believe it or not. Uh seven has been my max for a long time. So eight uh is is it gonna be not my new standard, but I think my new limit. Um yeah. You don't want to go forty wide or like sixty uh, you wide? No, <laughs> it's very tempting, but my wallet and everything that you could imagine yeah. is dictating that being no. Yeah. I have I like the the creator expert. I guess they don't call it creator expert anymore, but just the creator cars scale. Uh, I actually have two I'm I'm working on, which we'll talk about offline. But it's uh, it's definitely a challenge because it's bigger, so you have to make sure you have scaling just right. Some are actually none of the minifigure scale, so it's it's you get it to do the chairs and if you have the engine just right, all that detailing. Yeah, and I think in a way that. Uh seems kind of weird it seems like maybe larger is a little bit easier because you have a lot more space to work with you know and a lot more and because lego bricks are so small or they can be so small you can add a lot more details to something larger uh, as long as you have access maybe because a lot of people tend to who, are, who do scale model, models that are larger they tend to print blueprints out of the of the mm-hmm. real thing that they're recreating so it makes it a little bit easier for me i just kind of go by eye and scale it with the wheel usually uh some of my models actually started because of a certain wheel 
that I uh, put together because I, I like to use things that aren't normal Lego wheels as wheels <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and kind of go from there and create different. It lets me create different stuff. Like my FJ uses uh, dome tops as the main hub. And then uh, I used one by one round plates uh, for the center cap in flat silver. I think it is uh, to give it that older look. Uh, and then of course, old style tires, which I really love to use because it gives it gives it such a cool look, I think, when you're using those. They're harder to find sometimes because you're like, ooh, uh, I like this design, and uh, never mind. It, it It's impossible, or it's $30 a wheel. <laughs> Actually, believe it or not, they're insanely cheap. At least the ones that I use, uh, they're very common, uh, thank goodness, because I got my first pair, I want to say, or not pair, a uh, set of four, I want to say three years ago or so in a uh oh i have i don't have a lego store near me but i have a bricks and minifigs i picked up a a london bus from the 70s which has these old tires and i fell in love with the versatility so i uh, have since snagged a bunch and i probably have 50 now (laughs) well hey that's cool yeah yeah just use those to continue to change your design Mm -hmm. yeah they're more versatile than you might think actually yeah super fun to use those and you've also done. I saw the wagon. What, what's that called again? The red stri, the red rider oh. wagon. I can't. Oh, the radio flyer. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, so that actually uses those old tires. And what started that whole thing? Like I kind of said, sometimes the wheel starts the whole mock, and that started with putting that tire, uh, those white dishes, the two by two dishes, and then mm-hmm. a piece of trimmed red flex hose, which you can cut and it's one of my favorite parts because of that you can do all sorts of different stuff with it so that whole thing started around there i had one as a kid so i thought it'd be really cool to recreate that it is definitely a classic to look at and you know realize your childhood is oh yeah i remember riding one of those or you see them around and you're like oh yeah i've seen those (laughs) yeah definitely cars that you're looking to build in the near future that you're excited to do i'm just kind of working on the t1 right now on and off a few different Volkswagen buses, actually. I was really inspired by the documentaries that I watched and the YouTube channels that I watched. So one of the ones that I'm working on right now is, a, I don't know if you're familiar with Tillamook. It's a dairy located in Oregon, and I'm pretty close to there. So I've seen, uh, they have like, they did like a promotional countrywide tour uh, years ago using shortened Volkswagen buses. So I'm making one of those because I love dairy their dairy products seems kind of you know a little crazy but you know i think it'll be cool so there's that i also want to make a 55 lincoln futuro which is actually the concept car behind the 60s batmobile it was sold to the designer of that car for a dollar uh because they couldn't give it away for free i don't remember the specifics behind that but that's something else i want to do that's cool. Definitely something unique in that way to have it like the history of like, oh, you know, the Batmobile was based on this. And um, that's that's cool. I, I can't wait to see some of those little style of models. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Do you have any of the ones you've built? Are there any favorites that you have? So the T1 is one of my favorites because of how long it took me and how I don't think it's absolutely perfect now, but I think the shaping, I don't know if you saw you've seen the uh, the breakdown photo on my Flickr, but it's ridiculous how much went into the front of that. And I'm really, really, really proud of the, how that came out. Otherwise, I'm, I really like the Winnebago. Uh, it, that one didn't take me nearly as long. I maybe worked on that for 
uh, a week or so, maybe less. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but that turned out so great, uh, and I'm really proud of that too. The geometry of uh, of how some things worked out, I'm really proud of. So, yeah, and I I did see the breakdown and the amount of just curves and trying to understand how connections to make it stable are very creative because it's it's definitely a challenge to even pack that that kind of curve design into something yeah yeah especially at seven studs wide uh you know i'm sure if i went larger it wouldn't be as difficult uh to build something more stable because my stuff isn't the most stable i mean if you drop it it'll probably fall into a million pieces but you can pick it up (laughs) display it on yourself but i'm not playing with it you know it's not for it's not for a child, so I, I feel comfortable doing that. But I am a little envious of some other builders that can, well, maybe not envious, but I am I really look up to builders who can do, uh, quote-unquote, legal work, like use legal techniques and build some amazing stuff like John Elliott, uh, Tim Henderson. Bricks, Blocks, and Mocks is another one. He does some great, uh, like, supercars. Uh, Johnny D, I could name more, but... Those are some of my some of my favorite builders uh, in that regard. Yeah, those are, those are great designers. I know at least one or two of those, yeah. and have seen their work. It's it is very impressive. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I like to I like to build stuff that's a little unstable, but I think it's kind of like my own style, which was influenced from uh, actually Adam Grabowski, who is a Lego designer, and I didn't know this, but I've been following his work. Oh, from Brickshelf years and years and years ago before I even moved to Flickr. And I've been on Flickr since 2012, I want to say. Another Mm -hmm. guy uh, who my style is kind of influenced from is Carwick, another uh, builder. And it's a a really specific style, but I think I've kind of made it my own in a way over the years. So I'm really, uh, really proud of uh, some of my work uh, that I've been able to accomplish using some of their, some influence from them as well as just from my mind. Yeah, and that's fun because you build on each other's designs and get to see like, hey, this is this is cool. I designed it based on this with some help from somebody else. Yeah, because the Winnebago actually started from a like a white Chevy van or a white Dodge van, and the front of that van was inspired by a build that uh, Adam Grabowski posted on Flickr a few years ago. Uh, he built a Chevy uh, van, so I built a Dodge van, and I wanted to do something with the van. And coincidentally, uh, Turkey Bricks was having that camping collab, so I figured that a camper would be perfect for that, as well as scenery. But I posted the the uh, Winnebago by itself to to give people a little bit closer look at the details on that. So yeah, awesome. That's that's pretty cool. And you know, just adapting things like that is is cool because you you're in one area and then you're like, actually, I'm gonna go in this direction, which makes yeah, it yeah. a unique design. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, as we wind down in our interview, first, everyone, uh, definitely check out his work. You got some awesome cars. I'm going to put your links in, in the description, of course. But in, you know, your lifetime with Lego, how do you think it's adapted and changed and impacted your life? Uh, wow. Okay. Let's see. I think it's made me, right off the bat, I think it's made me a little bit more patient in general, uh, especially with going back to the T1 yet again. That thing has been going for two over two years, almost two and a half now. Uh, but I think in other areas of my life, it's it's made me more patient as well. But not just with Lego. With Lego is one thing. Uh, you know, it also kind of gives me a creative outlet. I feel like a lot of people need a creative outlet, uh, whether they know it or not. And this is just my creative outlet. It also helps me 
with stress, even though sometimes building can be stressful, uh, depending on what you're building. But in general, I think I think those things really come uh, really hit home. I think that a creative outlet, like you said, is important. It's fun to understand that like, hey, I have this idea. What can I do to make it reality? And in that time of a stress, you kind of need to just put your hands on some Lego bricks and go with it. Learn totally, from you know? it and understand. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And they're not being a screen involved is just another benefit, I guess, because, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, you know, screens are tempting, but it's nice to have something to do with your, like you just said, with your hands, something tactile, you know? Mm-hmm. It's hard if you don't have the bricks. I mean, I, I have that problem too, but yeah. you know, you adapt and try to find a way to still get involved and use whatever you can to eliminate that stress. And it doesn't have to be Lego, but we'll, I'll say from experience, it is definitely helpful. <laughs> yeah, and I totally get that. You know, if you don't have the bricks, then programs like stud.io are perfect for building. I haven't actually gotten into it yet, but I want to. That's what I use pretty much the whole time. And then when I want something, I can buy the bricks and see if it works in real yeah, life yeah. instead of just online. And some people see it as a benefit. I think it's cool too, uh, how you can use any color for each piece, which is very cool. And you can do stuff that you can't do in person, which some people might find, you know, illegal or, or whatever. But, you know, I personally, I don't mind. I think it's very cool, the, the stuff that people can do digitally. I think it even takes it to another level of challenging uh, at points, you know, to try to get that to be built digitally, then bring it to a uh, aspect that's physically done. Totally, because there's a certain constraint, you know, when you're building with real bricks, because obviously you're limited by the color palette uh, in mm-hmm. addition to physics. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Isaac, thank you again for coming on today. I really enjoy your builds, and I cannot wait to see some of these other ones. I'm a huge VW fan. The F, uh, FJ is is awesome, and I think you're going to go far. Definitely can't wait to show off your work here. Again, everyone out there, make sure you check out his page. And Isaac, thank you for coming on. We'll definitely talk again soon. Hey, thank you so much, Garrett. It was great talking to you. Awesome. So everybody out there, thank you again for listening to the podcast. This has been another designer interview and you can catch up on all the other designer interviews. We've over, got over 60 of other designers out there that have talked about their work and broken down how, they, uh, how Lego has impacted their life and changed how they go about building. So subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you check out our Instagram too at back to brick two. And you can reach out to me at any time if you're interested in just talking or coming on the podcast. You can send me a message on Instagram. So I'll leave you as I always do. Get creative, get out there, and go build something. <laughs>